As we go 7.26, a time for us to move very gently into our thought leaders, storytellers, and also griots. And we're going to talk a story that seems to be happening in Europe at the moment, and we just thought it was something well worth taking the conversation further on it. So if you take a good look at what is happening, there seems to be a backlash against immigration, LGBTQ rights, also abortion, and much, much more. What does it mean? It means that we're seeing in Europe a a rising wave of nationalism, populism, and even far-right parties. Most recently, the uh, vote in the Netherlands for Gert Wilders, who is a right-wing politician uh, focusing specifically anti-immigration, anti-Muslim support. He has said that he's going to ban the Quran in the Netherlands and much more. So what is happening in this particular space and why is this happening? We thought we would get Ambassador Dr. Kingsley Makubela on the line. He's a risk analyst at Risk Recon, former uh, diplomat and ambassador. Uh, Dr. Kingsley Makubela, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks very much. It was a pleasure. So, Talk to us about what you feel we might be reading or seeing. Maybe we're not actually seeing this, but it feels to me like there is a shift to the right towards a more populism, populist form of politics in Europe currently. Michelle, you know, there's uh, a wonderful study that was done by Bob Altimir, which really defines when do you see a shift to what he calls uh, authoritarianism yeah he actually calls a right-wing authoritarianism he says that that happens when the society experiences a high level of social uh, threats yeah fear now this social this social threats are identified one of them it's it's actually the question of religion and immigration is at the core of that yeah and that's why you're starting to see this shift to the to the right and even to the far right. Yeah. So, so if you start to see that and you say that there are social threats and authoritarianism, how would that be playing out in terms of what is happening to people that they are then shifting towards that far right uh, vote? You know, this uh, right-wing authority, authoritarianism, it requires some level of... Uh, compliance with the law yes. and they define the law in terms of things that you've spoken about uh, anti-immigration anti-homosexuality and those are the hallmarks that really defines this uh, attributes of uh, the authoritarian that you see within uh, uh, the right and unfortunately that shift is starting to gravitate towards more uh, to the far right and yeah. i mean what we have seen in the Netherlands with uh, with Wilder winning elections on, on this rhetoric of anti-Muslim. I mean, he said something so profound. He said, we, we have uh, imported a monster into Europe, and he defines this monster as Islam. Mm. That tells you the level of intolerance that is built into that. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Makobela, you are and have been, or you have been an ambassador um, over many years. For yourself to have been in a country, to be in a country, if you were seeing this taking place, what would your role be as an ambassador to perhaps try and make a shift, to perhaps try and uh, shift the conversation into something slightly different? Tell us a little bit about what that might have been. 
You know, uh, the role of uh, diplomats, and particularly our diplomats, South African diplomats at this time, is to get a good feel about the shift to the right yeah. and the implication it has on a bigger picture in terms of economic development, transfer of technology, how this level of intolerance is going to affect countries. Because countries that start to experience uh, this uh, shift to the right they tend to be inward looking. They, mm. they disregard the international system. They really advocate uh, for self-reliance on countries as if these countries are islands. Is to get a good feel so that South African uh, government can develop better policies to interface and interact with these dynamics in a much more strategic way and ensure that the interests of the countries are kept. I mean, take, for instance, the election of uh, Javier Mele in, in Argentina. I mean, yeah. the man says he wants to withdraw Argentina from uh, BRICS. He wants to abolish uh, the the central bank. And, you know, the irony, Michel, in, in Argentina, they call him a loco. Mean, meaning the madman. That's his nickname, and, and he's very proud of that kind him. of a man. <laughs> he's <laughs> proud of that uh, nickname. But it tells you the level of degeneration of very good politics that really ensures better global integration and sensitive to world issues. That's why, Michelle, we should be very sensitive when we start to hear political parties here in our country speaking more about anti-immigration. That's an mm. agenda of the far right. Yeah. Are we shifting to the right? You're starting to see elements of that. I mean, Herman Mashaba, he will be categorized as a, a right on right, not far right, but yeah. he's to the right of the Democratic the right, Party, right, yeah. which is the center right party. So you're starting to see that shift. Ironically, the ANC adopted the same plank during the last local government election of anti-immigration. Yeah. It's a right wing agenda. How are we going to see the society disintegrating society that lacks compassion uh, for immigrants for whatever reasons that you seeing immigrants you need to go to the root causes of those issues in order to address that you don't send people back dr michael bella you've raised such an interesting thing so if you think about the anti-immigration that we are seeing in europe at the moment i mean we've got hungary we've got orban we've got italy we've got austria on the verge we've got the netherlands now with this rather strange um, vote on their side. And as you say, a lot of it has been based on the issue of anti-immigration. Also, part of that is, is, is a conversation around saying, I mean, I know that Wilders has said he wants to get out of the EU. They're calling it Nexit. If we think about that, should we be concerned for, even if we think about South, not South Africa, but, but the African continent, if we start with those anti-immigration uh, conversations would that mean, for example, that we might rethink uh, or reimagine our participation in the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement? We should strengthen the Africa Free Trade Agreement because if you look at most of this country, take Switzerland, yeah, which is also gravitating towards the right. Yeah, they have no resources. They produce best chocolate. But they have no ingredients for this. They are coming from uh, Cote d'Ivoire and so on. Yes. So there's some level of dependency on our mineral resources. The United Kingdom has the biggest metal uh, exchange market. Yeah. But they have no metals. They are taking this metal from us. So we need to understand the leverage that we have as a continent. They'd be able to consolidate that and work around that in our trade with these developed countries. Because there's some level of interdependence, Michelle. That is so crucial for the world development. But we need to understand the strength that Africa has. 
unfortunately, poor governance, governance, it's part of the hallmark that we see within the continent. And that's why yes. we're unable to really foster better bargaining platform to deal with those countries. Should we be um, looking at this? I mean, if it's like a creep of um, and, and a, a normalization of a shift to the right in Europe, do you think the, the EU is, is worried? Do you think that there's going to be concern in that particular area? Unfortunately, forces that are traditionally to the center left within Europe, take yeah. the Social Democratic Party in Germany, yeah. has moved a little bit to the right. The Labour Party in the United Kingdom, they moved to the right. Yeah. And why am I saying this? You look at the rhetoric, the advance of war and so on, which is basically a platform of the center right. And that in the United Kingdom started during the time of Tony Blair, they moved to the right. And now, Scholz has also taken Germany to the right. If you look at Scholz and Merkel, yeah. Merkel, who comes from the CDU, which is part of the center-right, yeah. she's been very timid in terms of war situations. So the rhetoric of war and so on, same as in the, Demo the Democrats in the United States, they are traditionally a center-left party. Uh, uh, they've moved to the right. And is, is it because there's an attraction in terms of the population thinking no, I think they are dealing with the fears and apprehensions exactly. of the society. What I said earlier on, once you start to see social ills creeping in, you are likely to see this move. I mean, Javier is exploiting the fact that Argentina has been having this 140% uh, inflation. And he came in, he defeated the former, uh, uh, he defeated the, the finance minister in the election. It's because of the sphere, the yeah. social ills that start to creep in and they work on that. And we've seen the same trend in this country. Yeah. So let's let's play devil's advocate here very quickly and say let's think about those fears and the social threats and the inward looking, all of which uh, you've mentioned, Dr. Michael Bella. What? Um, okay. So in South Africa, we know that there's a concern, uh, you know, a xenophobic concern that is um, hooked into the idea that it is taking away jobs, etc. In Europe, we know that a lot of the immigration fears are around, um, let's just look at the Netherlands. So those fears are around accommodation and the cost of property and that kind of thing. How do we ensure that those two things are not just simply and easily aligned and really start to interrogate. It feels like we need to be more more rigorous in our interrogation of what the one does. The one lead to the other? No, not necessarily. And yet, that fear seems to want to make that connection. It's at the heart of that, Michelle, is the absence of political leadership. It's yeah. really feeding into a narrow perspective of nationalism, tribalism in this country, yeah. and very narrow issues of really thinking uh, in terms of the color line and, and even excluding some of the people who have been the victim of apartheid in the past in the definition and the interaction of those issues. Those are issues that are really coming back to haunt us. But as the political space in this country start to shrink, you're going to see more and more people relying on what they call our own. And our own is a euphemism for tribalism. It's a euphemism for, for racial exclusion. Uh, to, uh, to get to the political office. But that requires political leadership to transcend those issues. And this political leadership we're starting to see here is losing. We've seen the same thing in the United Kingdom. I mean, take how the former uh, Home Secretary yeah. was fired uh, because uh, she started to fuel mm. a really very extreme form of uh, nationalism, Absolutely. even within 
the conservative party and yet she's a beneficiary of the migrant parents who moved there and they become so right-wing in their perspective you know dr king's uh, uh, dr makobela in closing it seems to me that we really need um to start getting politics and geopolitics 101 into the media so that people start to understand actually what the processes are and join the dots, etc. Because often it feels as though we we just overtly joining the dots but not actually thinking about what in fact is happening. It really would be, be great to have something like that. It would be wonderful to have an open discourse about the challenges that we're having and how they relate to what is going on around the world. And that's how we're going to be able to navigate challenges and provide better leadership. As long as we con- we, 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 we actually stick to conventionalism uh, in the society and not be able to be very critical in our analysis, that's when we're going to have challenges. Well, consider that an invitation. We might uh, be calling on you far sooner than you think, sir. <laughs> it's a standing it's it's a standing acceptance from my side, Michelle. Oh, thank you very much. I'm going to chat to the team straight it, after this. Ambassador Dr. Pleasure. Kingsley Makubela, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, a, a small squeeze and a small uh, dig into some very interesting things taking place in the world. And of course, uh, Dr. Makubela is a risk analyst at a risk recon, and he's a former diplomat. 7:40. Time for a break.